Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. That's On a Saturday! It's All Even with your boy Barry Grant. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at All Even Podcast. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud as well as YouTube, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, and wherever you find podcasts available. What a beautiful Saturday it is. Lots to get into. We're going to talk about the Deshaun Watson situation. We're going to talk a little bit about Chad Wheeler. And then we have Phone a Friend with one of my good buddies, talented dude. And then the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. So let's just jump right into it. I want to talk about this Chad Willis situation real quick. Um, you know, it's an awful situation. And I'm hoping that she makes a, you know, speedy recovery. Um, you know, obviously there's going to be lifetime scars from this on her side of it. So we just hope that she has a a a better life coming out of this this situation. But the issue that I have with this entire ordeal is that you know you're hearing some rhetoric out there, some talks that oh you know he has mental illness, you know he's a little unstable up there, or whatever. All that's fine. There's a lot of people out there that deal with mental health issues. My issue is that. This shouldn't matter. What he did needs to be tried in a court of law. Like, okay, I get that you've had a rough life. He wasn't on his meds and all that. But you got to go to jail, bro. You got to go to jail. Like, I'm tired of hearing people say, oh, well, this this is what happened because of this. This is what happened because of this. Nah, nah. I'm not hearing that. I'm not hearing that side of the argument. I don't care. I don't care the fact that he had a mental situation of why this happened because at the end of the day that's always an excuse that somebody can be able to use to harm somebody or to do wrong or whatever like nah you got to pay the price for that and I hope that everybody is going to be on that same page especially when he's brought before a judge because I remember when Ray Rice was going through his situation and you know, they made Ray Rice public enemy number one, and rightfully so. What he did was was insane, it was crazy. But this, this, you know, I, I, this needed the same type of press. And it happened on Saturday, last Saturday, and we only heard about it that following Wednesday, I believe. 
And that's the thing. It's like if it's not a high high profile player or athlete, it just gets washed under the rug. That needs to change. I don't care if you're the star or you're the 38th man on the team. You do something like this, you got to be front page. It got the the NFL needs to take, you know, drastic steps into making sure that you pay for what you did. The fact that the NFL, you know, they said that okay, he was already a free agent. He he was the one that said he retired. That to me doesn't matter. I believe that the NFL should still be able to come out with a statement. I'm sure I'm sure they did by now, but when it happened, they didn't do it. And I would have preferred the NFL to say, "Hey, listen, you know, this happened. We're going to investigate. It's not going to be a long investigation. We know the details of this situation and he's banned from from getting anything. Like there's no you know, pension, there's no health coverage, there's nothing. Like, make that known. You know what I'm saying? Because mental health is one thing. It's it's always a constant struggle. But, man, what he did to his girlfriend was, yo, animals don't do that. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just hoping that going forward, everybody doesn't put status over the situation. Like, just because he's not a high-profile athlete doesn't mean that this doesn't deserve its fair press. Yes, it's gotten its fair press since Wednesday. I'm just saying when it happened, let's start doing the right thing when these things go down. Because like I said, I'm sure if he was black, this would be a different situation. We probably would have heard about it Saturday when it happened. So... I hate to put race in everything sometimes, but sometimes it's 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 unavoidable. And that's just the reality of it. You know what I mean? But moving on to Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans, what's going on over there? Houston Texans, they hired Dave Cully as their head coach. They hired Lovey Smith as their defensive coordinator. I love both hires. I think that they got two good guys there. You know, a lot of people don't know about David Culley and, and whatever, that's fine. But I just believe that having two African-Americans, having two black guys there that can get a chance to show what they what, what they got is important. Levy Smith has been out of the NFL for a few years. He was at the University of Illinois. David Culley is a reputable guy. So, you know, it's... um. It's a good start. It's a good start for the Texans to be able to go in this direction and see what happens. The fact that Deshaun Watson doesn't want to give this a chance, it just, it really shocks me. It really does, man. Like, I I thought that he would really see what's going on here and say, you know what, man, there's two black guys over here. Let 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 me try to give this a chance and see if we can be able to turn this franchise around. Cause maybe, maybe Nick Casario is, is a good guy. I, I get the fact that they probably told him that they would keep him involved with that and all that. But, you know, at some point, you got you to gotta just you gotta just play ball. You got to just play ball. Let the organization handle their front office. Obviously, you know, we're going to say this at nauseum. Bill O'Brien was a mistake. Giving him full autonomy was a mistake. They've corrected that. And sure, sure, they could have fired him a while back. But sometimes... Teams have to go through their own struggles and learn the hard way. They've learned the hard way, and now they're trying to correct it. And 
for Deshaun Watson not to try to give them a chance to do so, to me, I just don't, I don't like. I don't really like that. Now, on the flip side of that, my boy Brandon said that, hey, listen, maybe there's some things, there's some rumblings in that front office on that, you know, in that organization that we don't know about. Maybe that was something that was done that was so egregious to Deshaun Watson other than them not involving him into the, the, the GM talks or whatever it was. Maybe there's something deeper than that. And if it's that, if it's something nefarious or some racial situation, you know, kind of like a Don Sterling thing that happened with the Clippers, if that's the case, then I can see that people want to get out of there. You know what I mean? There's reports that J.J. Watt looks like he's done with the Texans. He's going to, you know, pack up and go elsewhere. So, you know, there's a lot going on. But for me personally, man, I just I like to see franchise quarterbacks stick it out with their franchise and see if they can be able to turn that franchise around. We're seeing what happened with Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford has been there for a while. You know, Detroit has been a bad organization for a long time. He stuck it out over there, and now he's at the point where he's like, okay, I stuck it out over a long period of time. It's not working. I think both of us need to part ways, and that, for me, is okay. I don't see that as a problem because he gave it enough time to see if they can be able to turn the page, turn the corner, and they they haven't done that. So he does have the right now to kind of move away from that. Deshaun Watson, you know, they traded Nuck, they traded DeAndre Hopkins, then you signed the big bag deal, and now you want out? Like, come on, man. I just, I just don't, I don't like the timeline with this. There are times where you need to abandon ship, and there's also times where you need to just buckle down and say, listen, this is where I want to be. I want to change this franchise around. I want to be the guy to turn around this dumpster fire and turn it into a reputable organization because not every organization started off perfect. Patriots went through their problems. Green Bay went through their issues a, a bit, and the list goes on. So this is the Texans' time to kind of reevaluate themselves and get get right, do the right things, hire the right people, get the right players in here, and turn this thing around, and you want to jump ship? Eh. All right, well, I guess when you go to your next destination, if things don't work out well there, you're going to leave again. Like, it's just, come on. But I will say this. Be careful what you wish for, Deshaun. Be careful what you wish for. Sometimes the grass isn't greener on the other side. Coming up after the break, phone a friend with hip-hop artist Mike Picasso. On a Saturday, it's all even. I've had so many people tell me that Anchor is great. Anchor is this. Anchor is that. But I have to tell you, man, those people were right. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your own podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Why wait? Get at it now. Welcome back, y'all. So let's just jump right into it. Phone a friend. Call him up. 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 Call him up.
call him up, 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 call him up. Game of the season, don't lie, we're all leaving yet. What we have on the show today is something special. Something special. We have, you know, aspiring artists, hip hop artists. He has a project out right now, Reckless Art. It's phenomenal. It's awesome. Um, Mike Picasso, one of my good friends. How you doing, man? Yes, sir. Doing well, brother. Doing well. Happy to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. You know, this is this is phone to friend, man. So I gotta get all my gotta get all my homies on here. And the yes, fact sir. that I've known you for the majority of my life, which is pretty annoying. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I have to get you on here to tell your story and, you know, talk a little sports because that's what we do on the show. Before we talk about anything, though, since it's, a, since, since it's sports related, the way we met, you remember? We was in the third grade, bro. You and, ba <laughs> you and Basco. I think it was, a, um, it was some wrestling pay-per-view. I don't remember which one, but I used to write them down and I used yes. to write them the matches in the book. Yes, I remember. See, I was trying to remember because I thought that it was Basco that was writing down the, the paper, but it was actually you. Nah, it was me, bro. It was actually you, man. Yo, trust me, bro. It, it's you've always been pen to paper. You know what I mean? Like yep. now we think about it now, it's it, you've always taken to that because I remember when you first started experimenting with music. Remember mm -hmm. how you started? You were doing parody songs rather than yep. creating your own, you know, just music yourself. Like you were, <laughs> like you know, remember that Busta Rhymes song came the out? Busta Rhymes, yeah, it was dangerous. Yeah. You made yeah. what, what did you make? Yeah. I think I think you made like Delirious or something like delirious, that. Delirious, Delirious. <laughs> you made a whole song with your own lyrics, and it was that's mm -hmm. where it started. So I knew that at that point you always had the ability to create this. You know the, the you know the 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 wordsmith stuff that you had. It's always been a thing with you, man. But um, you know, I definitely want to kind of go into that a little bit more. Like, was that that like that's my opinion that of what sparked it. But was mm. there something else that sparked your ambition or drive to do music? Nah, real talk. Um, I gotta get out to my brothers, man. Like, shout out to Junior and Steve. Um, and I was like, you know, you know, growing up, you got big brothers. Um. You know, they they playing, they getting all the CDs, they bringing them home. I'm I'm the little brother, you know, so you know they're they're rocking now. You know, little brothers want to hang out with the big brother, so I'm hearing all the mob deeps, the bigs, the 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 the, the far sides. The I, I got it, it, their their selection was so eclectic from hip hop and R and B. Um, I you know, so basically, you know, they was uh they was freestyling, so. And, and you know they had the boom box with the with the two tape recorders where you put the one tape in the record and then the other one you know what I mean the yeah, other one yeah, playing yeah. whatever it is and then he had the mic in so you know they're doing their thing I'm the little brother looking so they's like yo Mikey come on come on come on come come spit something so my brother Junior you know he had wrote me a rap uh, <laughs> something about like like something with like the the wordplay was like back shack something <laughs> like that so yeah. From that moment on, just going through that experience, I just love like I already love music, but like to to the artistry, the 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 emceeing that part of it, I started to take to from that point, and uh, you know slowly you know it grew slowly until you know about eighth grade or so when I started like 
writing it down in books and like you said, like you said, the parody songs. I was just I was just having fun, you know. And then uh yeah, like it just grew from there. Definitely, definitely. So, you know, we also went to high school together and that's where, you know, your you know, that's obviously where we kind of like experiment with what we want to do going forward. And Facts. you know, you you know, you started playing basketball. We were playing basketball in high school and then you kind of you know, went towards the music towards the end of your senior. I, I remember like, you know, that's when it got serious for you. Like, you know, kind of, kind of, kind of dive into that a little bit as well. Well, I think, um, well, I think it's just, it's, it's, it's all a creative thing, right? Like it's all the creative space. Like when we was playing ball, like you were saying, it's the, it's the same process. Um, I would, uh, we would watch the air one mixtapes, you know, like just, just studying up. We, you know, watch ball and all that. Uh, NBA, all that stuff, but it's the same process, just studying up. We was, uh, you know, repetition, experimentation. Um, I was playing ball for St. John's prep. Made the freshman team, made this uh, JV team. And I don't know, like, um, I didn't put in as much work as I should have, like, looking yeah. back, you know, but at the time I was, um, you know, I don't know what the right word is, but I wasn't mad at it, but I went away from it. You know, I went away from ball, like junior year is when it kind of started kicking in and then like the thoughts of it. And then I'm like, you know, let me dive into this music. Like, cause I I just, at the time, that's what I was into. Right. So, you know, basically from there, I just just started diving in, linking up with the people, you know, like Basco, shout out Basco, uh, Misto. You know, shout shout out you, shout out six <laughs> DGOP. You know what I'm saying? Like, listen, we're, we're not we're not we're not gonna talk about my 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 music. <laughs> we're, not, we're not we're not gonna do that. We're not we're not gonna. Hey, do listen, that. hey, listen, y'all. My <laughs> man Barry Grant Jr. You see the, you see the first three letters of Barry, man. He had that man. Yo, he was he was the man with that. <laughs> if you ever release any of my music, I'm gonna sue you for defamation. <laughs> I'm going to sue you for defamation. I'm telling you right now, but yeah, man, like, you know, that's when I remember, you know, you and Boog really took off senior year and really got serious with it. And then after that, like, you know, you really took to really getting serious about it. Now, you know, you have this reckless art, you know, uh, project out right now, which is like I said, man, it's, it's a really, really good record. Like I love, I love every record. I love every track that's on there. Like it, it was one of those, it was one of those projects that you can just be able to just start and just leave it alone. That's when you know that you have a good record is when you don't skip around right. when, or you're not skipping around to your favorite song. You right. can just say, all right, cool. Put it on and do whatever you're doing. You know what I mean? Appreciate so, you know, talk, it, bro. Uh, definitely, man. Like talk about like the, the process of that. Like, you know, how did you meet up with Sean Reckless? How did you end up, you know, you know, creating those those tracks. Like, what inspired yeah. you to put those records out? Well, shout out Sean Reckless first and foremost, man. Like, like I don't know if it was fate, universal, whatever, but you know, I was doing a, sh- I was doing um, like it was like a freestyle Friday kind of thing. Yeah. With, with G Money, shout out G Money. Shout out G Money, yes sir. Or, and I was um, you know, I was doing that a couple weeks. So one of the weeks, um. I think Sean had put out uh, Rec Tapes 2. It's like an instrumental CD. Okay. So um, 
This is on. I I know dates and everything. I remember it was, <laughs> it's, uh, June. It was June twenty sixth. He had, he had dropped it. Uh, that was a Thursday, and um, you know, the, the Friday, the twenty seventh. That's when I did. I picked one of the beats on there, and actually, the the, the joint I did on there was the you. I recorded it back in the day at Slav, and you was in the booth with me. That's was funny I? Shit. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the the uh, how I go. I don't even want to remember it right now, but yeah, so I did that. Oh, like birds, I dropped like it's nothing. The haters and non-believers stop. Oh, okay, that one, yeah, that one. That's my joy so right I, there. <laughs> yeah, I switched it up though for the for that one. So I did that. So he had he had heard it, and then he reached out. No, no, he didn't reach out. I'm sorry. Um, J- one of his men, Jamal Jamal Skull. Shout out Jamal Skulls. Um, he reached out, and he was like, "Yo." He was like, yo, I ain't know you know Sean. I'm like, I'm like, nah, I only know him through Aida. I know of him. You know, yeah. Aida, shout out Aida. Shout out Aida, that's right. Aida and Sean been working heavy for a long time. So I only know of him through her. So he's like, yo, I'm sitting next to Sean right now. Mm. I'm like, word, I'm like, in my mind, I'm thinking like, wow, like what are the odds, right? Like, you, you know, I'll be on my universe stuff. So I'm like, wow, like, you know, I'm seeing the signs. So I'm like, all right. So I'm, I'm, I connected with him through there. From there on, um, I exchanged numbers with Jamal, exchanged numbers with Sean. The next day, I'm talking with Sean, and you know, one thing lead to another. I get it. I, he sent me a batch of like four beats. I bang those out. Mm-hmm. One more, two more. You know, the project could have been six tracks, seven tracks. Ended up being nine. It was ten at one point. You know what I mean? So yeah, it just yeah. kept building from there. And right. We, we was developing the relationship in the process, you know? That's what's up, man. Yeah, like, listen, like I said, man, it's, it, it's, it's, one of the, it's one of the best projects I've heard. And, you know, like I said, I know all your music. So yeah. I've heard the, I, I see the maturation process. Like I've, I've been there with all of the, like, you know, 93, mm-hmm. you know, like all, you know, tell them I'm gone, all of those records. And y- you, you, you guys can find that on, on YouTube. You guys can find that, you know, where I, I think that's all that. you play music. You can find all those records. So you be able to just tap in with that. But yeah, like I said, man, it's, it, it was really refreshing to hear. Like I, I, I heard the growth, and I was so proud that you put in that work. And and you know you're, and the one thing too is that you're very critical of yourself. Oh yeah. Even you, you were proud of this record, and that's mm-hmm. when I knew that it was it was what it was. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot right. of times in your you know in your past, I don't really like that. I don't really like that. But mm-hmm. this. Like I really see the 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 proud part of it. Like you really really love this 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 project. That's a fact, and, bro. And, and you know, I and I like I said, I can see it, and that's why that's why it's that much more important to you, I believe. And it's funny because it's funny because you be in my head a lot, like um, like even from the past, like yeah. On top of the on top of me being hard on myself, I have you in my head too. Because remember, me and you, we 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 side by side yeah. with this shit at, yeah. for a long stretch. So it's yeah, like I could hear a lot of your what you would say, even if I ain't talking to you about it. You know, because right. I know how you is. So, like, <laughs> so I had I had you in my head. So it's like when I was going through it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, be 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 gonna rock with this. Be gonna. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, Listen, you you know you know the type of music I like, man. So once I hear it, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, okay, this That's is <laughs> this is me. 
This, yeah, this is why I call a, a a tunnel banger. <laughs> oh, I got that man. in the stash too. Yeah, I <laughs> I chill, chill, chill. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> hey, bro. Uh, so what do you like? You know, what do you have in the in the pipeline? Like, is there something you are you gonna let this project breathe a little bit, or are you getting right back into doing something else? Because you know, a well, lot of artists, you know, they. They want to get right back into putting something out, or mm-hmm. they, you know, some other guys they like to let things breathe. So, like, what is your mindset? Like, what do you, what are you planning to do? Well, right now, right now, I'm focusing on getting these videos out for them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I got, I got Great Poupon out on YouTube. I got Fire. Mary Jane, Mary Jane just dropped on YouTube. Shout Fire. out J Rock. Yeah. Shout out J Rock. You know, um, I just want to get those out. Um, I'm working on some things. I got. The remix to Adonis is dropping on the first of February, a couple okay. days from now. Yes, sir. Y'all could y'all could tap in on that. All, all, all DSPs, all distribution sites. Um, I'm working on a, I'm working on some things. I got some things in the stash too. I, I'm trying to put some things together, like, you know, in regards to this next project. I got a couple projects. You, you know me, BJ. You know me. Yeah. You know me, Barry. Yeah. Um, I got a couple of things. I'm trying to see. You know what to do, what yeah. to do, what to put forth. Um, right. You know, I got shout out, shout out my man Buzz. You know, we, you know, we we in talks for something. You know, like there's a lot of things. So it's like I got a lot a lot in my mind. So I'm trying to like it all and what's important put to the front. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 definitely. Okay, okay, that's what's up, man. Like I like I said, I I'm good either way. Like if you want to let it breathe or you you want to drop a whole bunch of stuff. Just keep doing what you're doing because what I'm seeing is that I see a a new vigor. I see I see some a new motivation, mm. a new drive, and I know you. When you have that, when there's a spark there, oh, I'm going. I'm going. Great, great things will follow. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's why I'm I'm excited for. It. So whatever comes next is gonna be is gonna be great because you know you you are multifaceted. Not only can you make music, but you know, you're starting to kind of venture out into doing video work. You're also doing, you know, I remember you used to you used to make beats back in the day. So like, oh, yeah. You're, oh, yeah. You're, you know, you're, you've always been one of those guys to just like, whatever you touch, you can be able to just do. And I hated you for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I remember when we're taking the SATs and I'm I'm over here sweating and racking my brain. I look to my left, you're asleep because you're bored. <laughs> you bored while I'm over here in, in a pressure situation. I see that it's just certain things to certain What's funny to me about that, bro, is that I was talking about that yesterday, man. Like literally to my to my old to my older son. Yeah. Cause he just took his PSAT. Isn't that crazy? And it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> I was just talking to him about that. I'm like, yo, don't don't let all these people like you know fill your head and and, and, and scare you like, oh, there's such a big. It's just another test. It's just right. You know what I mean? Like words on a just, paper, man. Just prepare like how you always prepare. That's all. Exactly. You know I mean? Exactly. Cause that'll throw your mind off. Like yeah. all that. Oh, it's like the biggest test of your high school career, and this is determine everything with college. That's just another test, man. And I got that's, an eleven. I got an eleven something on that test. Yeah, man. yeah. I ain't do nothing, bro. You got, did nothing, and I got a. What did I get? A eight fifty, and I'm over <laughs> here. I'm over here racking my brain. I was like, nah, man. I, I can't. I yo, I was so. 
I was so distraught by my exam that I didn't even want to take it again. They're like, you can take it again for what? What am I going to do that for? I ain't going to do that to myself. Nah, I ain't going to do that. 8.50, one time, I'm good. I'm out. I'm out. So um, <laughs> let's uh let's go into a little sports. You're like, yo, you're a big Giants fan, which is, yes, you know, which is very, uh, very depressing. But, right. um, you know, and, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about Giants. Like, where do you think they should go? Like, do you think that they should go get a new quarterback? Or do you think that Daniel Jones is fine and running it back with a healthy Saquon next year with Joe Judge? Because Joe Judge has proved that he can be able to be a good coach. You know, everybody had their mm-hmm. doubts about him. And he he really showed he showed up this year. You know, he, he impressed me. And if you mm-hmm. can impress me being a Giants coach, that means that you're a very impressive guy. So, you know, what are your thoughts? Do you think that it's time for them to maybe cut ties with Daniel Jones or maybe they got to give him another chance with more weapons around him to see how he actually can function with a with a good team and some good weapons around him? No, nah, I believe we got to move on from from uh, Danny Dimes, oh, right? Nah, oh, hot nah, take. Nah. I think we got to move on. We, we, you know, what's it been, what, three years? Yeah, well, is it three years? Or is it two? Yeah, two years. The next two year years. be his third year, right? I don't know, man. Like, like I have you in my head as well about this in regards to that first to second year jump. Yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't see it, man, with Daniel Jones. So it's like, you know, I, I see the Deshaun Watson in the talks, but you know, we, we ain't in the play for that. You know, that'd be nice, but to start fresh, I don't know what the, what the, what the, um. The college quarterback situation is, yeah. but the way, like you say, how Joe judges looking like he's, he's getting his, his, his foot in, in, in the coaching thing over there. Yeah. They need to really like start from scratch in that regard. Always. And, and the offensive line has always been a thing for me. It has been getting better. Yeah. You know, but that quarterback, that's the most important position. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, man, you're, you're hundred percent right. I mean, like I, I've, I've always been highly critical of Daniel Jones. Um, I He can be a good quarterback because he has an arm, right? But the problem yeah, yes. with him, the problem with him is that he can't hang on to the football. So it doesn't matter That's how hard you, as well. you, it doesn't matter how hard you can throw. If, if, if there's pressure on the backside and every time you get in hit, that ball gets out. You're, you're not a, a, you're not a value to this team. You're a liability. Mm-hmm. And if you are the liability, at the most important position on the on the field, that's a big no-no. It's a big you know no-no. Play, you know the play that bothers me for, like every time I think about it, <laughs> that 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 eighty-yard run, yeah, or whatever. And then he, and then he, he's right before the touch the line, <laughs> and, he, and he topples forward like hit the top half of his body is too heavy. <laughs> like yo, I'm like yo, I'm like yo, really? Yeah, really? that is a that is a microcosm of his career so far is that <laughs> he has the talent and he just falls over himself like it's just yeah it's it's you know we'll see man I think I think they should give him one more year I think one more year to really evaluate him because think about it two years you know a lot can change in year three like maybe That's the true. weapons get better maybe you know maybe the scheme with Joe judge and the staff gets a, you know, he understands it a little more in year two of it. Mm-hmm. So this year, I believe is the make or break year for him. If he doesn't produce next season, then yeah, you definitely got to cut bait because you don't want to, you don't want to commit 
a fourth year option or a fifth year option on a guy that you're still iffy about because at the yeah. end of the day, you look at what's going on with the Rams right now. The Rams are saying to Jared Goff, hey, listen, you know, we gave you all this money. However, we're going to have a quarterback competition in the offseason. And better yet, maybe if we get a call from a team that wants to trade, maybe we'll listen. And this is a guy mm-hmm. that they committed big dollars to. So the Giants don't want to find themselves in that situation where they have to commit big dollars to a guy that they're unsure of and then have to move him anyway. Like, you know, it's better, it's better to just, you know, see what you got because, you know, and then make your decision before contract time comes up. And, that, and that's the thing. Like, you see these teams nowadays, <laughs> big, big example is Tampa Bay. Right. Um, and, and a few other teams where they're where they're they're going for it, man. Yeah, like, you know what I mean. And the teams that like I feel like like you say, you don't. A lot of these teams are playing not to lose. Yeah. Instead of playing to win. Right. So it's like these teams, these organizations that are playing to win, that are, you know, taking these chances. You see the fruit of their labor. Right. Tampa Bay's in the Super Bowl. You wasn't see you didn't see Tampa Bay nowhere near there last year. Right. Um, you know, so it's like, you know, stop playing it safe. Like, put the pressure on Daniel Jones. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Put put a, put a quarterback underneath him. Like, I, I don't understand that with with Green Bay though. I don't understand what that was. Don't but... talk about my man Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> You're not gonna come at a Aaron on hey, the show. Don't listen, do it, man. Listen, man. <laughs> listen, man. You know me, like. I don't really blame. I joke when I when I say I blame Aaron Rodgers, but but damn, man. Now nah, we gonna get into it. We are gonna get into it, man. Definitely, we we definitely gonna get into it. I I wanna. I guess before we'll talk Super Bowl, let's talk about your thoughts about the NFC cha- uh, Championship game because oh. you know you watched it, you saw what unfolded. What were your thoughts about the Tampa Bay Bucks? How they played, how Brady played, and how Rodgers played, and how the Packers played things like you know you're. You watch football, but you're not you're not a huge football fan. Right. Or, you know, your basketball is your thing. You know what I'm saying? So what did you see from your point of view? What went wrong? Man, they played they huh. that coach for Green Bay, that 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 move, he should have went for it on fourth, man. Like yeah. just just straight bottom line. Because you know there's ups and downs in games and there's runs and Whatever, what have you. But the, the, in games like this with experienced players, you're going to come to that point. And Tom Brady always seems to be in these situations where always. A, a field goal or a touchdown away. Some, sometimes even two touchdowns, and he still covered that. Like, right. so, so it's like you, you, you're going to come into this point. This is where games are won. Yeah. So with the time, I forget what, how much time was left. Like, what, three minutes? To, to something, you go for that. You go for that. It's Aaron, it's Aaron F and Rogers. You know what I'm saying? Like, ah, that that was the make a break point for me with that game, man. Like, you know, the, the Tampa Bay defense did their thing. Um, Aaron Rodgers did his thing. Got picked off. You know, that's that that's part of it though. That the that the the grave diggers, you know, they 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 watching them. They on top of them. They they know what it is. Um, yeah, but that point, that fourth quarter, 
that field goal. That wasn't the move, man. Yeah, no, listen, I, you, 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 you know, you, you, you listen to my show. You know exactly how I feel about Aaron Rodgers and how I feel about Matt Lafleur, Matt Lachoke. Matt Lafleur. Yeah, Matt Lachoke. <laughs> because the thing is, I've never understood how a coach could take the ball out of his best player's hands. Yeah, if I'm a coach. I'm gonna live and die with the ball being in my best player's hands. If he makes the play, or if he doesn't make the play. I am happy with whatever result because that's my guy. I'm not going to say, all right, I'm going to take the ball out of your hands, my best mm-hmm. player, and let the defense figure it out. Although the defense was playing well in the second half, the defense has not – they're not a great defense. So mm-hmm. all it took was one pass, one completion for, for Tom Brady to finish the game. That's a lot of pressure to put on the defense, especially in man coverage. Mm-hmm. So why not say to yourself, all right, Let's go for this on fourth down. If we don't make it, at least we got them backed up close to the goal line. We Simple. may be able to put a little pressure on them defensively. And we know that Tom Brady with pressure is not the best of quarterbacks. So mm-hmm. maybe we can be able to get this ball back and let Aaron Rodgers get the last the last say at it. And if you got Aaron Rodgers with the ball with 50 seconds to go, you can bet on Aaron Rodgers being able to get a touchdown. So, the, but the fact that you don't give your quarterback the chance to do that I just don't understand how you can be able to be comfortable in yourself as a head coach Mm -hmm. and how your front office can be comfortable with you being their head coach. Because at the end of the day, if it was reversed, if this was Tampa Bay down eight points, Bruce Arians is letting Tom Brady go for for the top. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, because why? Brady's been there before. He's experienced. He's your guy. He's the guy that you're paying $30 million to. You're going to give him that, that rub. The Aaron Rodgers d- didn't get that rub from his head coach. So it's like, why am I here? Mm-hmm. If I'm supposed to be the MVP, which he is. So think about that. Aaron Rodgers will be announced as the NFL regular season MVP this year. And Crazy. he wasn't allowed to go for a fourth down play in an NFC championship game. <laughs> this is not week 17. This is not week nine. This is the NFC title game. Winner goes to the Super Bowl and you're at home. Mm-hmm. You make it sound so simple, man. They need to put you on the staff, man. Green Bro, Bay. Listen, put Green me on Bay. Green. Put me in the front office. I don't even want to be a head coach. Put me in exactly. the front office because the first thing that I would do, I would call Matt LaFleur to my office and say, <laughs> I say, Matt LaFleur, what's up, man? What? Why are you still here? Why? Why are you still here? Did you, you didn't get the memo that I got hired? Mm. That means that you're, you're out. You're out. Mm. You got to go. Because mm. if you're not going to let my quarterback make the decision on the field, you got to go. You got to go. That man don't know how to play chess, man. No. Like, like he would have had him back at the, at the, at the, at the, at the they would have been at the they, yard line. They, nah, they would have, I, I think they would have been in the eight. They would have been in the eight hey, yard hey, line. But it's like, you got him backed up to the goal line. That's, that's the, that's a perfect, position to have that team because guess what if if they go three and out and kick the ball you have a favorable field advantage Mm -hmm. to be able to march back downfield and get a touchdown with Aaron Rodgers with Aaron Rodgers leading the charge with Aaron Rodgers leading the charge but that you know Matt LaFleur is a big issue with them but what's also a big issue with them is that they drafted a quarterback last season (laughs) in the first round and would you believe me Mike that the quarterback 
did not dress the entire season. Yeah, I heard about that. I heard he about wasn't, that. Yeah. He wasn't a backup. He wasn't a third string. He did not put on a uniform the yeah, entire that's year. That's so you, crazy. So you could have drafted a wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. that would have caught that pass, that two-point conversion that the guy dropped in the end zone. That was a perfect pass. I could have caught that. Mm-hmm. I could have caught that. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. He drops it. If they would have, if he would have uh, completed that pass, it would have been 28-25, and who knows what would happen at that point. Exactly. Exactly. Damn, man. Yo, it's like sometimes with these organizations, man, it's like they, they, I think they try to be too smart, man. Like, yeah. The simple thing to do, like, you have Aaron Rodgers. Help him. Help, help him. him. Give him just, the most help you he can get while him. you have him. Just help While you him. have him. I just don't get it. Like, you know, a lot of people – don't realize what it takes for an older quarterback to be successful. Mm. We've seen what Tom Brady is doing in Tampa Bay, but why is it successful? It's not the fact that Tom Brady is still the same Tom Brady that he was 15 years ago or 10 years ago. It's the fact that they put weapons around him. He has two good running backs. He has AB. He has Mike Evans. He has Mm -hmm. Chris Godwin. He has uh, uh, Gronkowski. He has Cameron Bray. Right, mm-hmm. he, all of these weapons that a forty-three-year-old quarterback can say, "Okay, I can give you the ball." I get, he has all of these options. Aaron Rodgers has one option: Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. That's it. And his, his mm-hmm. other option was was uh, Aaron Jones, the running back. And Aaron Jones got hurt in the game. Mm-hmm. So think about it: his second best weapon that can catch the ball out the backfield, that is a great runner, good blocker, is now out of the game. So he only has one guy that he can trust to catch a football. The, fun, the, funny thing, the funny thing about that, the year that he won that championship, I remember he had he had a multitude of weapons. They had weapons. Yeah, I remember that. And then that's the only every other year after that, nothing. he's had nothing. 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 He's had nothing. I, so just, I always remember that. So that 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 to me that just doesn't make sense. That that's the that's the difference between the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Green Bay Packers. Mm. One team has weapons because they gave their quarterback all the weapons that he asked for. The yep. other team says, eh, now we're going to draft the quarterback because maybe we think that you're a little done. So, you know, uh, we'll, we'll just go this way. So he defied his own organization by winning mm-hmm. the MVP this year, by playing so well, because they, they had plans to possibly, you know, remove him in a, in a year, two or three. Who knows? But it's just, you know, it, it's crazy. But, you know, let's go ahead and, I guess, talk about the matchup for the Super Bowl. Uh, oh, yeah. You got Chiefs and Bucks. You got two of the... The best quarterbacks in the league right now. What are your thoughts about the Super Bowl, and who do you think has the advantage over the other? Well, I'm a, I'm I'm going, I'm going Tampa Bay for the win, man. Honestly, because uh, my reasoning is that, you know, obviously you got Brady, right? The the Tampa Bay defense. Um, homie, homie on um, on Kansas City. The left, the left tackle, was it the left guard that uh-huh. got hurt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's big. That's big. Yeah, that's big. My man, you know who coming in there, right? My man JPP coming in there, <laughs> and that's another reason I'm going for Tampa Bay. We got Giants in there. We got Giants in there. We got JPP holding it down. You know what I'm saying? So he he's he's rushing in there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, but you know, um. I'm bugging. I'm bugging. What's what's his name, yo? What's Kansas City quarterback name? I'm tripping. Pat Mahomes. 
Yeah, Pat Mahomes. Yeah, he 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 he's not a pocket quarterback. He can play both. He can go on the run. He could be in a pocket. So just the pressure pressure is going to be important for for um for Tampa Bay's defense. All uh, the grave diggers, the 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 pad, the pass dudes. You know they gotta they gotta be on point. They gotta yeah. be on point. You know what I'm saying? Um, but you know Mahomes. It, it's offense versus offense. Yeah, but. As with anything, as with any championship game, defense is going to win it, man. Of course. And I just, I, I believe in um, Tampa Bay defense over Kansas City. Yeah, I, I see I see your point, but I, I'm definitely going the other way. I got Kansas City winning this game. One, because anybody who does A-A-Ron dirty, I can't root for them. <laughs> can't root for them. Not going to root for no Bucks. You know, for some Giants too, boy. Bucks, no, I rooting for no Giants neither. So you know, I, I love Patrick Mahomes. I think he's a fabulous quarterback. Uh, I think that they offensively, they just they're dangerous. They can be able to beat you over the top. They have speed. They yep. have the best tight end in all the football and all the world. Uh, they can run the ball. Pat Mahomes can get out of the pocket. Patrick Mahomes reminds me of Aaron Rodgers. When Aaron Rodgers was young, Aaron Rodgers did the same things that Patrick Mahomes can do. I think Patrick Mahomes is a little better with those things, but they have the same skill set. You know, Patrick Mahomes can be able to escape pressure. He can be able to make every throw. He can command the offense. He knows what the defense is giving him. He can change, change plays at the line of scrimmage. All of those things Aaron Rodgers possesses. So, you know, Tampa Bay is going to have to go through another Aaron Rodgers prototype. And this one, may be better than the original so yeah you know so it's just you know i'm not i'm not a fan of the super bowl i'm gonna watch it because i have to mm-hmm. it's gonna it's gonna be a good game yeah but you know it's fair. just it's just i have brady fatigue i'm not gonna lie to you i have brady fatigue i Me don't want to see it Me and too. and i'm really i'm starting to get kansas city fatigue as well because it's like they're good they're gonna be good for a while they mm-hmm. may end up being the next Patriot dynasty as well. So it's like, okay, we're we're watching one guy. He's still doing it. And then the other team, they're going to be the guy that is the old guy. Like, it, it's like they're looking at each other. It's like yeah. that Spider-Man picture. It's just, you know, they're pointing at each other. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what it is. So it's like, exactly what, it is. what the hell am I rooting for? What am I rooting for? Uh, you know, whatever. Just, just whatever. The only person, I think, the only person, that I will be happy for if the Tampa Bay Bucks win the Super Bowl is Antonio Brown. You know yeah. I am a yeah. huge Antonio Brown fan. I don't care what happens. <laughs> if he wins the Super Bowl, I'll be very happy. I'll be very happy. But the fact, I heard what's yeah, my fault. I heard what's his name coming back too uh, on a on a on a D line for uh for Tampa Bay dude next to Dominican Sue. The dude that played next to Dominican Sue. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm drawing a blank right now, but yeah, they they're they're getting healthy at the perfect time as well. So that's, that's the thing that they're yeah. getting their dudes back. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, especially yeah. on that defensive side. So it's like you lose your guy on your left. You know, like we going in there, man. Like right. that's what I'm watching for. I'm watching yeah. for that defense, really, man. Like I want to see them go in there and get the, get after them. The only thing, the only thing that that I can say is that Patrick Mahomes escapes pressure like nobody I've seen. And you know it doesn't matter how good your pass rush is, that kid knows how to how to get to his receivers. All he needs is a little time. So if they send a blitz, I think you're gonna see Todd Bowles, who's a defensive Todd coordinator. Bowles. He is going to be very very cautious 
of sending blitz packages at, at Patrick Mahomes because mm-hmm. if that blitz doesn't get to him, that means that Ooh, the coverage over the top ain't there. Yeah. And night. you don't want that. You know, if you if, if Patrick Mahomes can be able to extend the play, it's good night. So yeah. if they can be able to keep him in short distance, short yardage situations, take away Tyreek Hill, which is pretty impossible to do. But if you can, you know, that's that's one way to beat the 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 the, uh, the Chiefs. However, even if you do take away the big play, they still have Travis Kelsey. Yeah, that's the problem is mm-hmm. that. You got a safety net. Oh, third and five, Travis Kelsey. Third and seven, pass to Travis Kelsey. Third and 12, pass to Travis Kelsey. Like, mm-hmm. this is what they – if they have somebody that can be able to, to, to slow down Travis Kelsey, we'll see. I don't think they have it, and this is why I think that Tampa Bay has a – they have an uphill battle here. Now, if, if there's anybody that can be able to overcome that, it's Thomas Brady, right? I don't call him but, Tom Brady. It's but, Thomas Brady. But even with that, yeah, you're right. You 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 got me thinking now, shit, because you, you already you already know Brady weakness. I'm still going Tampa Bay, but you already yeah. know Brady, man. You put that pressure on that. You boy. put that pressure on him. He starts to he starts to look like he starts to look like Daniel Jones. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fact. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> so you know they got they got some big boys on that side too. They got Chris Jones. They got a lot of guys on that team on that Kansas City mm-hmm. team. So it's gonna be a good game. Like I said, it's not. It's not my ideal Super Bowl matchup because I like to see stories. I like to see underdogs. I, I like the I like some type of yeah. drama. There's no like drama here. Year. Yeah, there's I like no the drama, drama last year. Right. Like, I'm o- I'm over Andy Reid. He got his chip. He good. Yeah. <laughs> right. You can just go away. Yeah, just go away. We we okay about you now. It, it, it took you a while to get the Super Bowl. You got the Super Bowl. Now go away. Now go I away. Tampa Bay to get their chip though. Nah, they, you know what I mean? Nah, they already got one. They already got okay. one. They already got one. Yeah, they, 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 John Gruden won that won a Super Bowl with them. Man. They, 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 I'm tripping. I'm tripping. Good. They, they, not yet, I, but it's been I, a while. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a long while. So um, you know, whatever, whatever. Let's go on to some NBA action. You are a huge Nick fan. Got his hat on right now. Uh, right now. Huge Nick fan. But um, you know, what are your thoughts on the Knicks? Like, what what have you seen this year that feels different than any other previous year like probably you know that feels different than the past i'll say three or four years i got you that's what i'm seeing Dibs, yes got the knicks looking good on the defensive and that's the most important thing for me man and i love it i love it every bit of it yeah, defense. Yeah, man, I, I I definitely agree. Like you know, they had the game last night. I, I, they 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 beat the hell out of the Cavs. Yeah, um, we not the Nets, man. We not the Nets. <laughs> we take care of the teams below us, man. <laughs> take care of that. So you know, who has impressed you the most on this Nick team? I can easily tell you um, quickly. I can easily tell you that. But Julius Randle, man. Julius Randle. Like, from the start of the year to now, like, you know, because he was like a, he was a wild dude, man. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Like, before, like, he always had the talent, but it's like, sometimes he would take things into his own hands. Yeah. Like, 
understandably so from probably probably his perspective because there wasn't nobody on the you know nobody was on the team like, like last year year before that so it's like he it seems like now he's like sort of coaching I guess because it seems like he's more he's more put together like he, yeah. he's more he's more uh what's the word I'm looking for man he's more deliberate about his moves you know what I'm saying like he's not as wild um you know my I man will be topping yeah I'll be topping. Um, but yeah, Julius Randle, number one for me, like as far as impressed. Nah, I I listen, I definitely agree. I've said this, you know, all season that Julius Randle has made the biggest leap mm. that I've seen because, you know, I'm a Laker fan, you know that. And when we had him, there was always that that skill set there. He had the talent, yes. he, he was able to rebound, he's physical, he can be able to pass. But, you know, defensively, his IQ wasn't there, and offensively. You know, there was some there was some things that he had to kind of um, refine. What mm-hmm. I'm seeing with him now, even last year with the Knicks, you know, Knicks fans wanted Julius Randle gone. They were like, oh, my God, Julius Randle. I can't stand him. He's erratic. He turns the ball over. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. But it's 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 a complete 180. Like, you see, he's under control. He's mm-hmm. using his right hand more. Yep. You know, his his passing vision has, has improved. Uh, his defense a little bit has improved as well. Like, He's a, he'll never be a great one-on-one on-ball defender. But if he can be able to buy into the team defensive concept, that's where you can be able to succeed as a, uh, you know, as a player that does not, is not a great defender one-on-one. So, and you know, Thib- that's what, yeah. And Thibs, Thibs is, Thibs a, is big on that. He's, he's big the on master that. of that. He's the yes. master of, of getting guys to buy into the team defensive concept. Like he doesn't care about, you being a great one-on-one defender, but you got to be able to know exactly where you have to be on defense, know your rotations, don't miss your assignments, right? and, and you'll be fine. So I'm seeing that, you know, Julius Randle is doing that, but who also is doing that is Mitchell Robinson. I think yes. Mitchell Robinson has taken a big leap as well because the thing is, with big men, it takes a while for big guys to get it in the NBA because, you know, the speed of the game is different. Yeah, how, how you how you you know rim protect and block without fouling it's a technique it's an art a lot of guys can block shots but a lot of guys don't choose to block shots because they don't understand how to angle their body in a way yeah. to not draw foul so Mitchell Robinson has always been a great shot blocker but what you're starting to see now is that he's realizing how to get to angles how to be able to cut guys off at the rim and be able to still contest a shot or alter mm-hmm. a shot so they're not getting easy layups. So, you know, they, they're they doing good things, man. They're doing good things. And rumor has it, rumor has it, mm-hmm. that Thibs is looking for his boy. And you know who his boy is, right? He's looking to acquire Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose, Rose. yeah, what, I heard what, about what you, that. What are your thoughts about that? Yo, man, anything that helped the team at this point, man. I'm all about progress. Pass, like, whatever, D-Rose. I like D-Rose when he was here, too. Like, yeah. But if, if he could help. Bring him back, man. Bring him yeah. back. Bring him back. Because it, he, nobody understands the system more than D. Rose. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. like, especially defensively. So it's yeah. like, if D. Rose, because you know, you, you know, you hear the negative things about Thibs over the years. Oh, he he he, he runs his players down. Uh, uh, you know, he's too rough on them. He's like he's defensively, you know, because he's big on that defense. Yeah. So if if a player like D. Rose has been through his whole, you know, damn near most of his career with him. And he wants to come, you know. I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm all yeah. for it. 
nah, that's a, that's a great point. I mean, you know, I've, I've always been on that train with Thibs too. Like, you know, I think Thibs is a great coach. He's a good coach, but you know, he, there's, there's always a time for learning, right? Like sometimes how you do things at every stop isn't the right way. Sometimes you have to evolve with the game. Like, you know, if you're, if you're a person and that, and that's what everybody in, in life, like if you're not willing to evolve yourself to be able to adapt you're going to fall behind. You know what I mean? If you just continue to stay what you're doing, oh, this is how I am. No, no, you have to continue to evolve. Yeah, that's why Snoop is so dope because Mm -hmm. Snoop continues to evolve himself every decade. You know what I'm saying? All the greats will evolve. And that's what Thibs, I think, is starting to realize that, okay, my style has been successful. It has worked, but... I may need to tweak things a little bit. I, may, I get that feeling too. Yeah, I may need to be a little not so like not so hard on my younger players. Like maybe it's time for me to be able to kind of listen a little more to them, see how they see the game, and then we can be able to put our our styles together together and, and create create balance. And the also the, the other thing too about the Knicks is that their coaching staff is really impressive. They have a lot of guys there that are very big on player development. And mm-hmm. that's when you have a young team, this is what you need. You need guys that can be able to develop the young talent. The Knicks yeah. have always been a an, an organization that never cared about player development because it was always the bigger picture. What mm-hmm. player is coming here? What big star is coming here? How much money yeah. do we have to free up money to get this guy? It was Tim Duncan back in 2000. It was this guy. It was LeBron James in 2010. It was LeBron mm-hmm. James again. Like, it's all it's, it, it was Kevin Durant it. and, 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 and uh, Kyrie. Hate it's it. now Hate time for them to do things a little different. If they can be able to develop their own guys here, they don't need to outsource for, for, other, for other superstars. Create exactly. the next big guy here and then – when you do that, guess what will happen? Guys will want to come here. Yep. That's the point. Like, don't do it in reverse. Develop the guys because, listen, as much as you're a Knicks fan, I'm sure, you know, you see how the Nets have been working over the past five years. I was that's about to what, say that. That's what the Nets did. They developed yep. their own guys like a farm system. And when, when, the iron, when the iron struck, they were able to trade those assets off for James yep. Harden. So, yep. you know, that's that's the formula. Develop your guys, and if there's a big trade down the line, at least you've created so much value with this young talent that you can be able to now either retain them or trade them and try to make your team better to advance, in, you know, a, a certain level. So, right. you know, that's, that's what the Knicks have to understand, and I think that this new regime, Leon Rose, Worldwide West. Rose. I yep, think yep. I think that they understand that. I, I think that they really grasp that concept. And you know, whether they make the playoffs or not, I am I am very, very proud of what I've seen out of the Knicks so far. Like I want to see what they look like in the next 20 games or so. Mm-hmm. But for right now, they really they're competitive. They're they're watchable. I always say that. Like ah. they're watchable. They all watch it. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's not one of those things where you can turn. Oh my God, they're they're down fifty. They're down forty eight. All right, I I I gotta watch something else. Like they're watchable. They compete. Even if they will lose a game, they they still compete. There's not this this sense of okay, we're down three. 
we may as well be down 30 because we're not. No, it used to feel like that. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. But yo, hot take, man. Hot take. Knicks making the playoffs, man. Come on, come on. They keep this defense up. They keep the defense up. Knicks making the playoffs, man. You heard it here first. Just because you guys are number one in defensive (laughs) right now. Doesn't mean that you that you have to jump the gun and say that the Knicks are gonna make the playoffs now. Come Knicks on, gonna make, come Knicks on, gonna make, Knicks gonna make the playoffs, man. You heard it here first, man. <laughs> heard it here first, man. Oh my god. So all right. So I mean, you know, we we talked a little bit about it, but uh, what are your thoughts on the the big top Nets? Excuse me, I, I don't I don't mean to disrespect you. The Brooklyn <laughs> Nets. What do you think about the Brooklyn Nets? Do you think that is it championship or bust for them, or do you think that? you know, they can kind of experiment this year and then next year it's championship or bust. What are your thoughts? My thing is, man, like, I don't know the, all the contract situations with, with the three with the three big players, but every year, as long as they're there, it's championship or bust because that's what you did. Like, you 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 sold your, your fault. Like, you got rid of everything you built. Right. So what you're saying to your fans and the NBA is that, we coming for the chip. That's what you're saying. Like anybody can say what they want, but what you're what they're showing is that. So if you don't win a championship, it's a bust. I don't care if you go to Eastern Conference Finals. I don't, you know what I mean? Like you must win a championship. You have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden on one team. Yeah. Now I understand chemistry has to happen. It's the same thing like with, with, with the with the Heat in 2010. Yeah, it's championship or bust every year they was every together. Year. Four and, years they was and, there, and they got to four straight finals. Yeah, and they got to four straight finals. Now let's now, if they do that, then it's like all right, it's worth it. Like every right. year that they're together, they get yeah. to the finals. All right, win or lose, you could lose. We gonna joke on you, but you got to the finals every year. Right. At least you were in contention. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with That's that. That's the goal. I think I think if they don't if they don't get to an NBA final this year and whatever however many years that they are mm-hmm. together it's a failure because that is the that is the three-headed monster that we've never seen in the NBA never seen. to offensive never talent. Seen. So, you know, offensively, yes, they they are a great team to watch. They just they just hung 147 last night <laughs> on somebody. But they gave right. up they gave up 125 points. So it's like the ah. thing with me is that okay, you can score all of these points, but you you can't stop a nosebleed. They are going to have big big issues when it comes to the playoffs. You yes. you want to buck up on teams like the Lakers? You want to buck up on teams like the Bucks and the and and the Sixers and the and the Celtics? You're gonna have problems. You're gonna have problems right. because in the playoffs, regular all right, regular season, nobody game plans. It's just yep. going to the next team, to the next team, to the next team. When you get to the playoffs, it's about, okay, we know exactly what this guy does. We know exactly mm-hmm. what this guy does. We are going to be able to game plan for a full seven-game series yep. and stop these guys. And we all know that James – you ain't got a game plan for James Harden in the playoffs. Nope. He will stop himself. Yes. Kyrie Irving will stop himself. Why? Because mm-hmm. he's not going to be available to play in the playoffs. Because it's always <laughs> Kevin Durant is the only guy that you can only be able guy. to say, he's going to get you a bucket. He's going to be there. So – can they I think the biggest um the biggest thing that Steve Nash is gonna have to do is keep these guys fresh in the regular season. Yes, they it's not about winning 60 games, it's about 
making sure you keep their minutes down, you keep them, especially KD, keep them fresh for the playoffs oh, yeah. so they can be able to unleash in the playoffs. It's not about playing these guys 38, 39 minutes a game or what I'm seeing. They don't need to be playing those games. They, if the Nets end up being a 6, 7, or 8th seed with those three guys, they good. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Right, right. All they got to do is get in. Stay healthy and get in. You know, the buyout got, market. Yeah, go ahead. Because you got to worry about Kyrie as well. I heard you said uh, uh, KD got to cut the minutes down. They got to yeah. cut Kyrie minutes All, down. Yeah, like, of course. Let, J- let James Harden play a lot of that because right. he's used to that. And But, you know, like you said, Kyrie and KD, man, those are the real real factors when it comes to the playoffs, man. Like, because we all know about James Harden, you know. <laughs> well, what, what, do you, what, do you, what do you call him? Don't, don't hide down. You oh, call him- oh, my man, James Soften, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> when they come to the playoffs, it's Soften. The name changes uh, immediately <laughs> as soon as he gets to the playoffs. You get oh. to the Western Conference Finals, you get to the Conference Finals, you, you just already know I'm putting my money against Harden. Right. I know what he do. I know right. what he doesn't do. I yeah, say. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, listen, I, I know I'm, I'm about to get to a, a sensitive subject for you, man, but uh, let's do it. what do you think about these Washington Wizards with Russell Westbrook at the helm, man? What, what man is listen, going man, on? Listen, listen, man. <laughs> listen, man. That's my guy right there. With Russell yeah. Westbrook and those Wizards, man. Look, I don't know. They're not playing up to his speed, man. And, and and this is the problem, man. I see the record when he on the floor versus when he's not on the floor. Now, I think you remember with Melo? You remember with Melo and with the Knicks? Yeah. Like like how everybody used to stand and and, and watch Melo work. You know, yeah, nobody was moving. I I get the same feel over there in Washington, man. Like. Russ doing his thing. Nobody want to move around. No, come on, son. When you're off the floor, everybody want to move around. And yeah, you know why? Off. Because the reason why they do that is because they don't know where he's going. They don't know where he's going. So, like, maybe if we just still, <laughs> we'll just be able to get out of his way because we don't know what he's doing. Like, yo, it's just, that man is erratic. Erratic. Full speed. Full speed. He don't. Yo, that- he that's does my, not that, change. That's my spirit animal, man. That's my spirit animal, man. <laughs> Russ, Russ, what up, man? <laughs> but but do you think that Bradley Beal stays? Do you think that they find a way to because the thing is, I, I think Bradley Beal is a hell of a talent, but I, you know, I had the the all even live with Guido on Thursday, and right. Guido made a great point that I never thought about about Bradley. What he, said? he said that as good as Bradley Beal is. Who's to say that Bradley Beal is not the guy that 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 is permeating this losing culture? Since they've been there, they haven't been that successful. So as good as Bradley Beal is, who's to say as a GM that he's not the reason why the the Wizards are this bad? Because mm-hmm. you look at the statistics. He puts up 40 points a game, they lose. Right. They lose. So as talented as he is, maybe he's not the leader that he should be. Because his his attitude, he's a bit of aloof. He's not, he's not a he's not a talkative guy. I I, yeah. I don't know. Like being being a teammate of Bradley B, I'm sure his teammates love him, but there's a difference between loving a guy personally and him being the leader that you yeah. need him to be on the court. True. Like, and maybe, just maybe, he's part of the problem. 
because sometimes, yeah, of course he's averaging 36 points a game. We all know that he can score. Yeah, right. But at, the end, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, sometimes you gotta look in between those numbers. Right. It's not always the numbers because James Harden has averaged 40 points a game for the last couple seasons. Mm-hmm. Where where has it gotten them? Nowhere. Where is it? Wh- how how do the teammates look? They don't look like they're 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 producing. It's just the James Harden show. So yeah. you know those guys are not are are not excelling. I think it's the same thing that that's going on with Washington is that as good as he is, maybe he's not a number one. Maybe he's nah, just he's a number not. two. Maybe he's a number three. He might be a number three. Maybe he's a number he might three. Be a number three. He yeah. might be a number three. Yeah. I never thought about that. That that should actually kind of valid, man, because right. uh once John Wall left, it was still pretty much the same. He was getting the same <laughs> Output yeah, exactly out of, out of out of the Wizards, man. So yeah, he might uh, Mike 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 might got a point right there. Yeah, nah, definitely, man, definitely. Because you know, you you look at the Wizards right now, they're they're in free they're they're in free fall. But if you look at the Rockets with John Wall, they're man. playing well. They playing well. Playing well, you know, mm-hmm. everybody wrote them off for dead, but they're actually then they're not bad. They're not bad. They're not a bad team. Mm-hmm. So you know that that's that just goes to show you that. You know, a lot of people, a lot of casual fans, a lot, they, they, oh, yo, he's putting up buckets. But when you've played basketball, like I have a certain level, yeah. you have a certain level, mm-hmm. you know that it t- there's more than just points. There's yeah, it matters. There's different stuff that that are, are important on a basketball team. Chemistry, uh, certain guys, you know, who, who do you turn to for motivation? Who do right. you turn to for leadership? Like if your best player is on a bench, you know, you're losing and looks dejected because he scored 60 points and you lose. That's not somebody that I want that I want in the trenches with me. I'm not going to lie mm-hmm. to you. Like I don't want a guy that's going to be moping around because he scored 60 or 50 and we lost. Like we got to we got to continue to work, man. Like it takes time to kind of get things together, but don't sit here and mope around. Like we got right. basketball to play, man. You know what I mean? So it's and like, that's the thing. Yeah. My fault to cut you. That's the thing. Like, you know, with sports, you know, as much as we believe, like, oh, oh, you know, for the most part, we all have that alpha, that alpha in us, you know, in, in yeah. regards to like all players, right? But that, you know, that's the idea. But you still, you need a, a, a lighthouse, if you will, somewhere to, that you can go to for, for that motivation. Right. You know, like a lot of the times, like, you know, we, we can self-motivate ourselves and you know what I mean? But when it comes to a team sport, you know, you need that person or people in your locker room that you can go to, man. Right. Like you can look at and say, yo, I like how he carry himself, right. how he's preparing for games. Like if you don't, if you got to do like you saying Bradley Bill and he aloof, and yeah. he just like, you know, he dropped 40 and he's just chilling. He's you know, yeah. not saying nothing. And what you know, that that over time is gonna affect the morale. It's gonna affect exactly. The, yes. You know what I mean? You're right about yes. that. Yeah. No, nah, definitely, man. You know, that's why that's why guys like Jared Dudley are so important to a basketball team because right. you know, he's a locker room leader that people can be able to come to. And 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 get that advice and be you know get that professional advice and he keeps the team together when 
you know, the team goes on a losing streak. He's the one mm-hmm. that kind of makes things a little light, lighter in the room. Like, you know, everybody's putting pressure on himself and Jared Dudley comes in and cracks a joke. Like you need guys like that because that's what builds chemistry. You got to right. have to have that. Like I always say as a basketball player, you know, weekend warrior, you know, we play in the leagues, give me a team that is so connected chemistry wise. Yeah. Then a talented team that can be able that everybody on the team can score 20, 20, 30 points. Give me the guys that are, you know, they they do the 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 lunch pail stuff. They yeah, they man. they, they want to be a part of the team. They they know their roles and and everybody has fun. I'd rather be a part of that team. It's more than fun a, than that a, way. Yeah, too. than a talented team. I, I I really I really feel that way. And, and that's that's what we saw with the Lakers last year. The Lakers were a talented team, but they had the best chemistry as well. Yeah. So when you have when you have that chemistry that they had, it's gonna carry over, and that's why they they won the championship. It wasn't a fact they weren't the most talented team last year, but mm-hmm. they were the most connected team last year. And, and Braun, Braun brings that too. And he, and wherever Braun, he goes, yeah, right. Braun brought that, and that's gonna be the, the the same thing this year. Like whatever team has that the the best connective tissue is going to find themselves in the NBA in the NBA finals and possibly win a title. You know, mm-hmm. so you know, you see the Lakers, they're one of the top teams up there. Utah's is playing well. Uh the Clippers Spider. are playing well. Spider, yeah, Spider. You know. Um, you know, you got you got the Philadelphia 76ers who are clicking. There's a lot of teams out there that are looking good that, you know, we go, we're going to see what that connective tissue looks like when they yeah. struggle. Cuz you know, everybody loves to have fun in a win. But when you lose three, four games in a row, that's when you know what you have in your locker room. That's when you Yo, know that. It's like- My, my fault to cut you, my fault to cut you. Yeah. I, I saw a question, I, I saw something pop up uh, yesterday, had me thinking. Do you believe Joel Embiid t- at this point is the best center in the NBA right now? Yes. Okay, y'all, y'all, y'all think Jokic? Uh, Jokic and, and listen, they, they have two different skill sets. I think, mm. I think it all depends on your point of view from, from a basketball standpoint. Yeah. Like if you're somebody who views the, you know, the fact that he can pass and rebound and, and, and do all that, then Jokic is going to be your guy. If you yeah, look for a good. guy that can be able to just get buckets and he's just a dominant figure, you're going to lean more Joel Embiid. When I think about my centers, Centers have always looked like Joel Embiid to me. Right, right, and right, right, right. This is why I feel that he's the most dominant player right now in the league because what he's doing at that size, you know, fadeaway jump shots. Yeah, uh, yeah, he'd be Euro, moving. He'd be moving. Euro stepping, three point shots. The, 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 and the guy's a defender. That he's a scary, he's a scary piece, man. He's a scary, scary weapon. Scary weapon. That and sense. that and that's why I think he's he's the best big man in the game right now. Like, you know, Jokic is right up there. If you want to say 1A, 1B, that's right, fine. Right, right. But I still got I still got MB that 1A. You know what I mean? That makes, got, that makes sense. That makes sense. Because I like those, I like those senses, man. Like you're right about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's all it all depends on like, like I said, you know, we come from the 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 era of old school centers, Elijah yep. Wan, Pat, Shaq. Like they need to look dominant. Like if Shaq was a guy that was passing the ball. We'd be like, yo, get out of here with this. Like, I, need you to, I need you to dunk on somebody's head. <laughs> yeah, work. You know what I mean? Put, 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 some, put some legs on somebody's yeah, shoulders, like, man. You like, know, put, your, <laughs> put your whole knee on somebody's back, man. Like, you just, Burr. like, dude, that, that, that's, that's what I look at. So it's like, you know, if he, if Embiid was as big as he is 
and he was over here averaging eight assists a game, 22 points, 10 re. I mean, I'll get to get, yeah, come on, man. <laughs> I need you to be up there averaging 35, 15, three blocks. Like, that's what I need you to do because you're, you're, you, that's, that's the type of dominant player that you can be. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm, I'm just different that way. I like guys that can be able to get the triple double, like the, you know, the, the Luka Doncic. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everybody, look, look, it's so good. It's all right, cool. But at the end of the day, I'm tired of the triple double. Westbrook has made me exhausted about the come triple. On, Jack, come I don't on, care. About, you know, it's a it's a nothing stat to me uh, right now because the thing is, is that I'd rather him, Luca. We're talking about here. I'd rather him pick a lane and dominate that lane. Yeah. I'd rather him be a dominant scorer. If he can be a guy that can average 37, 38 points a game, do that. Mm-hmm. But there's times where he's just, you know, he's facilitating. There's times where he's passing too much when I need to see him go get a bucket. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's where that triple-double mindset kind of messes people up because, you know, instead of you attacking, you're trying to put your stamp on too many categories in a basketball game. That's why Kobe Bryant was so great. You don't mm-hmm. think that Kobe Bryant could have probably averaged a triple-double? He didn't care could've. about no damn triple-double. He wanted to just get 30, get 50, win this game, and go to the next town and put up 55. Jordan was the yep. same thing. Jordan yep. had the talent to average a triple-double. He didn't want to. You know what I'm saying? LeBron James. LeBron James is the closest thing to, 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 to having that skill set that he can be able to do everything. But I just, I just don't believe that the triple-double means that you're the best player in the league. It just it's just a nothing stat number because the, the thing is to me, this is the problem. The NBA today in this era, Mike, mm-hmm. there's more possessions. Yes. So if there's more possessions, you're going to have more chances to get rebounds, more chances to get assists, more chances cool. to score points. So what we were seeing this like explosion of the triple double, does that mean that these guys are better than they than the other guys that played before? Yeah. No, it, like, yeah. no, it's just the fact that the possessions are up. They're having more chances at triple doubles. So, it, you know, it's just, it's just one I of like, those stats where it's just, you know, people just, people will look at somebody getting a drone. Hey, he's crazy. Nah, I look at it a little differently. I just look at it a little differently. I like the, uh, I like, I like what you, how you said it. Um, I agree with you. Um, I don't like the mindset. Yeah. I agree with you there. I don't like the mindset. If you stumble, if you stumble into a triple double, I'm with that. Yeah. I'm with that. Like, but if you see that it seems deliberate, like they're chasing like, the triple double, right? Yeah. Right. It's like no. It's just like you know that because the thing is, it takes away from the natural fluidity, flu, fluidity yes. of the game. It's yes. like you're if you're chasing these stats, bro. Like you, you, you're taking away from everybody else, and that's why I think, that's why I think that Westbrook has a problem being successful in the, in the later stages of his career. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that, all right, if me and you were teammates of Russell Westbrook, just think about it. We're young guys coming into the league. We're trying to develop our own games. We're trying to understand the speed of the NBA. And here's this triple double tornado that we play with that he's just grabbing every rebound. He's, dishing out every assist he has the ball in his hand 90 percent of the time so as a young player like me that's coming from a program that I was dominating the ball I know how to handle the ball I know how to create Mm -hmm. for my teammates I'm not getting that opportunity to do that playing with a Russell Westbrook 
So my game is being affected. So everybody's looking at him getting triple doubles. Okay, cool. He's putting up all these numbers, but everybody else around him is getting affected because their games are being compromised because of his, his usage rate, because he's, Mm -hmm. he's so dominant on the basketball that nobody else gets a chance to do anything else. That's the problem. If, if Westbrook dials it back, I believe that he will have more success. And I think that the wizards would be better off letting other guys create guys like Danny Abdia, guys like Troy Brown. They can be able to facilitate the offense as well. When you got a Westbrook, you just believe that you have to give him the ball and let him do everything. And that is not conducive to team basketball. It's actually counterproductive. That's my thing. Like, so who, whose fault is it really? Like, if if me or you or anybody could identify this with Rush, right? Yeah. Shouldn't shouldn't whatever coach or whoever they don't have to put him at that point guard position. You know, you know, you know he's normally a he was naturally a two guard. Yes. Like so, just because two teams prior has put him in that point guard spot, you know what I mean? Like you as the next coach, you don't have to have him in that spot. Yeah. You know what I mean? You could talk to him, be like, yo, Russ, I feel like you could you could be more productive at the two spot. Let yeah. let whoever run the point. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't have a problem with him going for every rebound. I don't have a problem with him like like I understand the assist the assist thing. Yeah. And the and the point thing. I understand. But him going for every rebound, I want that as a coach. Yeah, yeah. That that's go listen. in and go get it. He's a he's a he, he he does maximum effort, man. You can never take away from from Russell's effort. But here's the problem, and I agree with you on your point, is that it, it is up to the coach. But here's the problem: mm. Scott Brooks was his coach in Oklahoma City. Scott problem. Brooks is now his coach in Washington. Scott oh Brooks, no, y'all forgot about yeah, that. Oh, Scott no. Brooks. Scott Brooks is fine with Russell Westbrook being Russell Westbrook. That's the issue. No, nah, that's Scott a problem, Brooks. Man, Scott man. Brooks has not evolved, and that I've said that on on our show with with uh with, with Guido and also one of my podcasts. Mm-hmm. The Wizards will be better off once they get rid of Scott Brooks. They need to. They need to. Because I mean, you already know yeah. how I feel about Scott. Scott Brooks, Brooks has not. Know. He's not shown the ability to evolve as a head coach. He's the same guy, runs the same same, same boring offense. And allows Russell Westbrook to run amok. And at this stage of Russell Westbrook, uh, his career at 32, going on 33 years of age, he can't do those things anymore. He has yeah. to dial it back. And, and, nah, and, Scott, and Scott, Scott, Brooks, Brooks, Scott Brooks is not the guy to do that. No. This is not a good year for Russ then. He needs to get out of there. He needs to get out of there, man. Like, if, if he wants to progress as a player even in his you know well, i mean that but that's the problem though like that's the thing it. too yeah think about it like at 32 33 if russ ends up saying okay i don't want to be in washington anymore i want to go somewhere else there's now going to come a situation where gms and teams are going to look at russ and say okay buddy well we like you but i don't think we like you as our starting point guard anymore are yeah. you willing to come off the bench because his game is very, very comparable to an Allen Iverson. And he the reason why the I say that is because he needs the ball in his hands all yep, the time yep. to create. Allen yep. Iverson had a hard time 
realizing that he wasn't the guy anymore. And that's what same thing with Melo. Melo had to kind of come to grips with that. And he had to be, he had to be shocked into that realization that Mm -hmm. he's not the guy anymore. He can still play, but he's not the guy anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think Russ is there yet. I, I think that Russ still believes that he's a top echelon. And he is. He's still a top 15 player, top 20 player. But can you win the way he plays? No. No. It, it, you know, that's the thing. You know, you can be able to be a 7, 8, 6 seed possibly. But to be a top team, to be a, a, a title contender, how he plays is not the best thing for for a team it's the same thing with Harden the only reason why this is going to be good for Harden is that he's with two other guys that can be able to take the pressure off him but when Harden was the guy you saw what happened oh yeah he can be the second or third wheel on the team he we've seen him do that when he was with OKC we've seen that he can be able to do that so this is a perfect situation for Harden because it can be able to mask his deficiencies Deficiencies, and it can kind of give him that 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 cloak of of protection that he didn't have in houston he has you know kd can say yo it's on me kyra can be able to say well you know yeah we we all struggle instead of all the blame going on james harden which he couldn't handle in houston so you know there's 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 a lot of you know i i like russ I, i i don't hate russ i just hate the fact that his style of play has not changed. Mm-hmm. And the older you get is the more you have to evolve. We've seen, you know, LeBron James has evolved. We see a lot of great plays evolve. Russ has not evolved. And the game is passing him by. Because mm-hmm. think about it. He, he still takes a bunch of threes. He's never been a great three-point shooter. Yeah, he takes well, bad shots. So he, t- he continues to take bad shots. So, a guy at 23 taking bad shots and you're still doing the same thing at 33, you're not learning. Right. Which means that your basketball IQ, in my opinion, is not that high, which then goes to the team concept of the basketball IQ. You're bringing down the team's IQ as well. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things that come with a Russell Westbrook. His effort as a teammate, oh, I love his hustle. He, he gives energy a thousand percent every game. But there's there's a detrimental side of that as well. Is that as reckless as he plays, it makes the team look that way too. At this point, at this point, he needs guidance, man. He needs to be in a good situation. But like like you said, like it's like a lot of things against him, like his his contract. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's, it's so much against him to right. to, to get into a situation because that. He needs to be around, same way how with Iverson, like, and Larry Brown, how they put that team around him. Like, exactly. Not to, not, not to say that they'll put a team around Russ. Yeah. But he needs to be a, a cog in a, in a, in a, in a yeah. system at like, this point. You know what I, I agree. mean? I agree. Like, say Somebody got to mold him. If he was, say if he would have went to a team like Charlotte, it would have worked on Charlotte because mm-hmm. he would be the main cog on that team. When he's like, you know, the other guy or the other other guy, it, it, it's hard because his game doesn't translate. It can't change. Even, mm-hmm. it, it, even though he might be third on the depth chart or third on, on your scoring, you know, option, he still plays like he's first. Yeah. 
it doesn't change. Like, you know, you know, when we're on basketball teams, you know, you, you know, all right, cool. We got big scorers on this team this year. I think my role is going to be to just spot up in the corner, you know, hit threes when I'm open, play great defense. Yep. Russ still says, no, 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 no. I still got to get mine. I, I still got to, I still got to make sure I get my 25 shots up. Like it's, it's not, <laughs> he, can't, he can't dial it back. That's the problem. And, and it puts coaches in bad situations because, you don't want to be the coach to be to say, hey, Russ, you know, maybe it's time for you to come off the bench. Making 40-something million dollars and I'm coming off whose bench? Nah, yeah. I'm not doing that. You know what I'm saying? So it's 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 a tough situation, man. But um, let's move on from this. I I, I want to do a little rapid fire with you let's before we close out. Um, In your opinion, this is all your opinion. Got who's it. the best player in the NBA right now? Best player in the NBA. Hmm, that's a good one. I don't want to say, I don't want to say Luca, man. Uh, uh, it hurts me to say it, but I'll, I'll, I'll give it to KD, man. KD, okay. I'll give, I'll give it to KD. All right, that's fair, that's fair. Who is the best young player in the NBA, in your opinion? Hmm. Yeah, 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 man. It's so much. It's so. It's so much great talent, man. Oh yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll give that to Luca then. Yeah, okay. I'll give that to Luca. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, Allen Iverson or Steph Curry? Allen. Nice. Allen Iverson. I don't care. I don't care about the Curry shit. LeBron James or Magic Johnson? Give me Bron. Braun, okay. Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant? Give me Mike, man. Give you Mike. Dwayne Wade or James Harden? Dwayne Wade, man. <laughs> <laughs> Charles Barkley or Patrick Ewan? Pat. As much as I love Charles, though. I love Charles, but give me Pat. Elijah Wan or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Yo, Elijah Wan, man. He was too smooth <laughs> with it, man. He was too smooth with that dream shake was nuts, man. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Damn. That was a tough one right there. Yeah, that's a good one. The 1994 Knicks or the 2000 Knicks? I like the I like the two thousand Knicks, man. Like I like the two thousand Knicks. My man Allen Houston and Spreewell and all that Spreewell and Charlie Ward can be yeah can be because I always had an issue with like I don't I never liked Derek Harper like that. Mm. Like that that that's one of the things like never mind the John Starks thing. I like John Starks, but he just did that two for eighteen game. But um I, Derek Harper, that that's why I went two thousand. Yeah. Derek, I'm thinking of Derek Harper. Okay. Let me see. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out some music ones right now. Hold on. Fab or J. Cole? Fab, man. <laughs> Fab, yo. Um Drake or Hove? Hove. Okay. Let's see. Let's do a football one. Mm -hmm. Manning or Brady? Which Manning? Either one. Nah, nah, give me a specific one. <laughs> All right. Because it matters. 
<laughs> All right, as a Giants fan, Eli Manning on Tom Brady. Eli! Eli! <laughs> it's proven twice. Eli! <laughs> oh, man. All right. Um, And last question, Marvel or DC? I'm a Marvel guy. Oh, God. That was a biased answer, too. All right, I'm done with you. I'm done with you. Yo, but yo, you, you forgot the one question, man. Which one? Greatest athlete of all time. Man. Oh yes, yes. I'm I sorry. Let, let me. I told let, you I have my answer. Let me. Let me. Let me. What is your answer? Who is the greatest athlete in your opinion of all time? Bo Jackson, man. Bo Jackson. I'm saying Bo Jackson, man. Okay, okay. And wh- why you say Bo Jackson? The two sports, man. The domination in the two sports for me, man. And, and, and just he just yo, know, he was just a house, man. <laughs> Ain't moved like a feather. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? He was a how you couldn't stop that man. Like, right. You know, Jordan tried to do it. You know, the Barons. Nah, nah, <laughs> My man Bo did it, man. Like, LeBron That's, ain't do it. You know nah. what I'm saying? He, even though he could have played football, but he yeah, he didn't. played. He played football in high school, but you know, um, you know, he's he he's not looked at as a two sport athlete. Bo Bo was the guy that did it. Bo Dion did it. Yeah, mm-hmm. so beyond two shit, man. Yeah, yeah, so. I like Bo Jackson, man. Bo All Jackson. Right. That's fair. That's fair. All right, Mike. Mike Picasso, it was a pleasure yes, talking to you. Uh, you know, just um tell everybody where they can find you and what's going on. I'm uh M-I-C-P-I-C-A-S-S-O, Mike Picasso on everything. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, you could catch Reckless Art. All the all the streaming platforms, Spotify, Tidal, Apple Music. SoundCloud, all the all them joint everywhere that play music. Yes, sir. Um, shout out Sean Reckless, shout out Buzz, shout out DJOP, shout out Barry Grant Jr. Come shout on, out come on, all even podcast, man. <laughs> Thanks for having me, brother. No doubt, man. No doubt. I'll definitely have you on again, man. It was a pleasure. All right, brother. Take it easy, man. All right, bro. I'd like to thank Mike Picasso from coming on the show. You know, he's a talented dude, man. So check out his stuff. Uh, Reckless Art is out on all streaming platforms. So, you know, definitely give it a listen, man, because boy can spit. It's fire. When he talks about his Knicks, I don't really, you know, I don't really care about that. But everything else, (laughs) we cool on. We cool on. Coming up after the break, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week, on a Saturday. It's all even. Yo, yo, what up? It's your boy DJ G Money representing that Flip the Script podcast. But listen, right now I'm listening. I'm tuned in. I'm tapped in to a brand new podcast called the All Even Podcast with my man Barry Grant. Yo, B, what's up, man? Congrats on the new podcast. I'm listening right now. I'm tuned in. Fire, fire, all even. We here. Let's go. This is the God Gents and Gals. Just want to give a shout out to All Even Podcast, the best sports podcast out there. Keep up the amazing work. Also, check us out at CigarGentsAndGals.com, where everyday apparel for cigar smokers. Let's get it. What's going on? What's up with you? It's your boy, the Candyman, the ALFRE to the D. It's your boy, Alfred, from the Rap Lab Podcast. And it's the one and only True G. Just call me the QG from the Rap Lab Podcast. And you tuned in to All Even with Barry Grant. Boy, that shit crazy. Welcome back, y'all. So without further ado... The greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. Dummy, yeah. We pick candidates on Tuesday and Saturday, and then we pick the winner on that Saturday show. 
So, we're just going to go straight to the winner because this guy, <laughs> this guy. May I have the drum roll, please? And the winner is Nick Sirianni, head coach, new head coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. Nick Sirianni is my because (laughs) did y'all did y'all see his press conference, his introductory press conference? Normally, that's a press conference that's supposed to get people riled up and like, you know, really hyped and say, oh, you know, this guy really speaks well and maybe he got something here. But check this out. Next thing that's very important to me is that we build a smart football team, that we have a smart football team here. And I know we have the, the people in place to do that. The first part of that, the first part of being smart is knowing what to do. We're going to we're going to know we're going to have systems in place that are easier to learn. All right. Complicated to the defense or offense that they're going against or the special teams group they're going against. But easy for us to learn, because when we can put that because we when we can learn our system and we can get good at our system, then our talent can take over. So what we're going to do is we're going to make things easier on people. So, you know, instead of making people walk to the facility, we'll make them run. And how we do that is that we tell them to put one foot in front of the other real fast in a rhythmic motion and start to move their arms and really get going. Got to simplify things. We got to make it like what? What? He was reading off a paper about something that he could have just off the top of his head said. Now, this is a head coach that can't even deliver something very easy like emotion in a press conference. How the hell is he going to deliver this message to his players? Eagles fans, man, I feel for y'all, man. I, I feel really, really bad because this guy, this guy may be Adam Gase 2.0. I'm not, I don't want to jinx it early, but man, does he have Adam Gase written all over him. And at least Adam Gase could be able to go get through an a, a, a introductory press conference. Yeah, he looked like he, he sniffed cocaine before he did it, but. But this dude is just it. And we're going to make things simple. And the way to do that is. <laughs> what? <laughs> he looks like a guy that. <laughs> needs instructions. To put on his socks. And see what shoe goes on what foot. Well. It's, 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 it's shirt is backwards. So, man, where's, where's that paper? <laughs> What arm goes in what side? You gotta make it gotta make it simple. God, why do they make things so hard? You have to write everything down. <laughs> Ooh, this one. This one got me. Like normally, like I said, I am hyped about press conference because they're always good. Like they always coaches always put their best foot forward at a press conference. So, you know, everybody's always excited or you know, maybe they say, oh, I don't really know about the guy, but this one, off back, I know this ain't going to work. Off the top, I know this ain't going to work. Yo, if he has to 
stand in front of the team before a, a Sunday game and, and get them hype. <laughs> oof, oof. He better have prepared speeches every week. Because if not, he's going to be like, anyway, and we're going to go out there, and we're going we're gonna to beat the Giants, and then we're going we're gonna to beat the football team, and then uh, we're going to... Yeah! <laughs> oh. So Nick Sirianni, you may have trouble putting one foot in front of the other, but you're a winner for Dummy of the Week. That's all for this show. That's all for this week. I'll see you guys next week. But I also want to, you know, close the show out and honor, you know, our fallen heroes. John Chaney, legendary head coach. You know, he died, so I, I definitely want to leave the last word to him. Um, you know, he was a leader of men. He was a great man, uh, a proud man. You know, did a lot of things for, you know, the African-American community, black culture. Um, so, you know, I just want to pay a little homage to him. So, until next week, stay safe. Stay cool. Peace. I've often thought about possibly doing something at the early age, especially for youngsters who are uh, dysfunctional in dysfunctional situations. Well, I traveled through Cleveland and uh, found that uh, the superintendent of schools came up with a plan in which they developed 14 or 15 what they call academies for poor kids. And that made a a poor kid say, hey, I can go to the, I'm going to such and such academy just like a rich kid. And they also have them going to school six days a week. And also on Saturdays, they had to undergo parenting skills, the parents. I wrote that program up, and I added a few other things to it. One, the kind of situation that you could involve the colleges in this city so that they could perhaps help tutor youngsters and perhaps get them uh, involved in such a way that they could earn academic credits toward graduation. But that's a great idea to involve a community of young people in developing others. My suggestion was to take over through eminent domain that I saw on the middle of, on Broad Street, Broad and Lehigh, with a great acreage there, and turn that into an academy from one through eight. People always talk about the middle class. We got so many poor people in this country, it's unbelievable. For kids who are not functioning well, you need to do more, not less. But everybody's cutting back in education. When you destroy the hopes of a young person, you destroy him. In my 54 years, 80 to 85% of all the youngsters that I coach came from single parent families and less. Now that's, that's telling us where we are today. How are you gonna change it? Through education. So my point is, is that once you give a youngster a foundation, if I give you a floor, you can reach that ceiling. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at All Even Podcast. Listen to the show on Anchor, Spotify, SoundCloud, and wherever podcasts are available. And check out my YouTube channel, All Even Podcast. And don't forget to share, like, and hit that subscribe button.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.